1: This is 1059 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Our expert from Remax Prime Properties is Asif Khan. Hello, Asif. Good morning, Tina. All right, so we begin today with the story of a dispute between a landlord and a tenant. Asif, what can you tell us? That's right,
2: Tina. And joining us is a landlord that has requested to remain anonymous, and we respect that. And uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about what's going on with his landlord-tenant relationship. Would you please share with us uh, what has led to you coming on and sharing this story with us?
3: Okay, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. My situation is probably one that is very common among landlords. I hope not too common, but certainly I think this is a very typical scenario where, you know, I purchased a condo from one of the builders about three years ago, and um, it uh, became uh, available. It was built, and about a year and a half ago, I got possession of it. But uh, in order to rent it out, the builder themselves, they have a leasing company and they forced me to, uh, to lease it through them. So I had no say at all and who was going to rent this from me. I guess I could have left it uh, vacant for uh, several months until I actually got possession. But at the beginning, the condo company, they, they said that I had no choice. So I said, go ahead and uh, rent it out for me. And they did that, and I don't know what kind of due diligence they ended up doing, but my tenant has been a problem tenant uh, from pretty much from day one. So he's been in my unit now for roughly 15 months. He had a two-year lease, and for the first few months, he was paying on time. And then after that, he was paying, but it wasn't on time. And then for the last three months or so, he has just stopped paying. So... Has just gradually gotten more and 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 more significant, and he's just gotten more and more brazen. And I think, you know, I feel like he's just figured out the game, and he he knows that there's very little that I can do to get him out anytime quickly. And um, you know, it's just a very frustrating experience. This is probably my first uh, my first um, purchase as an investor, and uh, this is one of the things that I worried about when when I was going to purchase any real estate in in any market but especially in a province like Ontario where I think the landlord tenant board is completely negligent in their duties and so you know it gives one great pause before they go ahead and purchase something to rent out because this is always uh, a possibility so now the condo company that leased out the condo for me they have They've they've filed all sorts of uh, notices and stuff, but as far as I can tell, there's there's no answer coming anytime soon. Attempts that they've made to reach this tenant have been you know met with different excuses and sort of delays and and just putting it off. And he says, okay, well I'll pay. You know, at this point he's three months late in his rent, so uh, I don't hold out that much hope. But uh, I certainly want to know why the Landlord-Tenant Board thinks that it's appropriate to wait seven or eight months before they hear of a case. They are encouraging behavior like this, and it's infuriating.
1: We can understand your frustration, and what kind of communication have you had with the condo company? Have they basically now said to you, well, we wash our hands of it, it's it's in your hands, or it's in the, the board's hands? What are they saying?
3: They've been good in terms of uh, putting me through to their paralegals. They have, its a big company. They have paralegals on staff and, and they've done all the the filings and everything. I I think that they have followed like whatever letter of the law that they have, um, been able to do, but, um, and, and they have been active in trying to get this guy to, to pay, but, um, some people just have no shame. And, um, you know, it's just unbelievable. I mean, my expenses for this condo are about $4,000 a month. And right now there's there's no income coming in. You know, this is actually an a upscale condo. It's a higher-end condo. And you're not protected no matter what type of price range your condo is in or what type of price range your rent is. The, the Anybody can do this. And the way that LTB has set it up is that you know they should and and and, and can do it. Like uh, you know, if anybody out there has very little guilt, or if if anybody out there has no shame at all, they'll do this. What can a, a landlord do? We're we're basically at, at at their mercy in terms of of payment, which I think is absolutely absurd. But um, anyways, the just to answer your question, uh, the uh, condo company has been pretty active in terms of trying to reach out to him. They've communicated to me both on, uh, by phone and on email, and they, they filed all the notices, but even they say that the LTB uh, there's delays, many of them caused by COVID. I, I find it unacceptable, uh, you know, frankly, absurd, but um, you know, I could be waiting at least six or seven months uh, if he doesn't come to his senses. I, I just And you know, they also told me that there's really no repercussions at the end. Even if the um, the LTB favors, uh, you know, uh, if they rule in favor of me, which of course they they should, I, I assume they will. Um, it's a pretty black and white case. Uh, I'm a pretty hands-off tenant. I haven't done anything at all. It has been a very passive uh, situation. But uh, even if the LTB rules in favor of of me, then he can just go ahead and pay. And all is forgiven, all is forgotten. There's nothing on his credit. There's no. There's no record that this happened. Uh, (laughs) It's completely absurd. And uh, just to add, yeah, I I was. I was gonna. I was gonna go into greater detail, but I. I think you get the picture there.
2: And and that's a significant amount of money. I mean, you're looking at if it's going to be about eight months. That's about thirty-two thousand dollars that you're out of pocket. And there's, that's. That's huge for any landlord to have to foot the bill for and not have any income. And, and it could result in landlords losing their properties because they won't be able to 100%. pay
3: the mortgage. I, I don't, I frankly, I don't know how people do it, really. I, this is, again, my first foray into this investment market. And I, I don't, I, you know, I'm just scratching my head wondering how people are supposed to, uh, you know, pay for condo fees, how they're supposed to pay for property tax, how they're supposed to pay their mortgage um, without any income coming in. I mean, again, I think it's just despicable that there's tenants out there that are professional tenants that actually, um, you know, think about doing this. Uh, And and the condo board, or sorry, the uh, LTB, they should be ashamed of themselves because they allow this to happen. I've heard all sorts of horror stories. Uh, I, I, I still am not 100% sure that, that in my situation uh, the person renting is one of these sort of professional tenants. I, I don't know. He has paid uh, before but I just don't understand what's happened in the last couple of months. Um, you know, I'm pretty sympathetic. He didn't reach out to me and we actually did try to make him a deal. Um, which uh, would have eased his financial burden. If that was in fact the case, I would have uh, done something to to help. I am not sure at this point that that is the case. Um, I, I think basically he he's just either a disgraceful guy or or maybe there's some financial hardship. But if that's if it's the latter, um, I've given him an option or two, and um, I don't see him jumping to to take it. So I I don't. I, I don't really know. I can't really give him the benefit of the doubt indefinitely. So this, this is turning into, uh, you know, any landlord's greatest nightmare. I mean, we all have stressful lives. This is a stress that I didn't need. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, what kind of great screening job was done for him, but obviously I had, like, zero say in the matter. Even if I wanted... To um, pick my tenant, I couldn't as I mentioned and and now I'm just compl- I, I feel like a victim, and I think it's it's uh, absurd the system is set up uh, to fail uh, landlords and um, you know uh, not sure uh, what other people are doing out there to uh, you know to, to keep their properties under these circumstances, but you're absolutely right this is you know thirty thousand dollar hit is. Is tremendous.
2: You mentioned a couple of times that you had no say in the selection of the tenant and and the condo uh, leasing company actually went out and selected this tenant without you having any say. Was that written in the contract when you purchased it? Uh, and I want to know how how that came about and what the selection process was actually like and if you've had any type of contact with this tenant since they moved in. Uh,
3: yeah, so good questions. Um, you know, I, I was under the impression, uh, you know, I, I must admit, I, I didn't read all the fine print of the contract when I bought it from this builder. But I w- it was made clear to me that um, at one point, I guess I had possession, but not ownership or something like that. They had to, you know, file, like it was a, a legal thing. But there was about a period of about four months where I actually, um, you know, the condo was ready to, to, to live in or to, to rent. But because of the paperwork, I didn't own it. And I was actually paying the condo company uh, rent, I guess. And uh, in the meantime, I could rent it out. But since they were still the owners, uh, in order to uh, rent it to somebody, they had to do it um, you know, through their rental company. And um, I mean, as I said, this was my first time doing this, and that made sense, and uh, I didn't really mind that. And, and I was perfectly happy to pay them um, the management fee. Um, although it's steep, uh, it's like 6% of the rent or 7 or 8% or whatever it may be. It's substantial, but they were the management company involved. And so they, you know, chose a tenant and then they were responsible for getting the rent. And, um, you know, again, in my opinion, once they choose the tenant, like, even if the tenant ends up being a dud, uh, they don't suffer at all. They, you know, it's it's the it's the owner. Meanwhile, I'm still paying them my maintenance fees. Uh, of course, I still have to pay my mortgage. Uh, and and so now they've picked a pretty bad tenant for me. And I'm sure my situation isn't unique, but they picked a terrible tenant, and I'm left with this guy. Meanwhile, they've checked their box about you know making sure the condos are are occupied, and um, so, yeah, I had no, I had no say. I, again, I could have left it vacant for a few months until I actually got possession, I guess, and then I could have rented it myself, but um, I don't think too many people would have done that. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure what the second part of your question was, but, um, yeah, in terms of say, I had no say.
2: Sounds like they took advantage of the occupancy period to select their own tenant and and put them in. Uh, We're going to keep in touch with you and monitor how this is going and try to get you some help uh, from the LTB or or authorities that uh, deal with the LTB uh, and help you out with that. So uh, uh, if you don't mind, we will keep in touch with you. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and we'll be in touch with you very soon.
3: Okay, sure. That sounds good. And I just want to say that, I, I mean, I hope that they, that they speed things up for, for everybody because this is just completely unfair, and not only for me but probably for hundreds of other landlords out there that are also at risk of losing their place. I, I think it's, it's terrible. It's a bad situation and bad people are taking advantage of it.
2: It really is, and, and thank you again. We hope everything works out uh, for the best, and we will be in touch real soon. Thanks.
1: After the break, what to know about the legal battle and the issues at the board. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. Over to my co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan, from Remax Prime Properties. And we continue our discussion about landlords and tenants. Asif.
2: That's right, Tina. And joining us is Bita Delisi from Stonegate Legal Services. Bita, welcome back to On the Market.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
2: Bita, before we start off, give us a little bit of an update on, on what you're hearing from the Landlord-Tenant Board. What are these delays like? Have, has anything changed? Has anything improved uh, since the last time we spoke to you?
4: Well, the delays are seem to be getting a little bit longer. Um, right now, the current delays, uh, it takes to, the current amount of time it takes to receive a notice for hearing is approximately seven to eight months. That's just to receive a notice of hearing. That doesn't mean that your matter is guaranteed to be heard on that day.
1: And that's exactly a bit of what we heard from the landlord that we spoke to a few minutes ago, saying that he has been sort of on hold, in a holding pattern, yet he is still continuing to carry the costs of his investment property. What recourse then, if any, does he have?
4: Really, the only recourse he has is either he goes through the board or he offers a tenant a settlement in order to get them out. If, if he goes through the board, it's going to take months. Like I'm talking about the, the entire process, including the delays, could be anywhere from about 10 to 12 months, and that doesn't include if the tenant puts a hold or a stay on the eviction. And Or, I mean, he, he can offer a settlement, Five ten thousand just to get the tenant out, provided that the tenant agrees.
2: And and that's what you mean when you said cash for keys on our last show, offering the tenant cash for their keys. But how does a landlord do that? Because I, I you know, in my understanding, there's only two reasons when a landlord can have some uh, have a tenant leave, and that's either them moving in or them selling the property so if they are intending on keeping this property and renting it out again how does the cash for keys work
4: so if they are intending on keeping the property and renting it out again they can offer the tenant the landlord can offer the tenant some sort of a settlement that can be anything it could be five thousand ten thousand it could be waiving the the rent arrears something that's enticing to get the tenant to agree to end the tenancy Because the longer a tenant remains in the unit, the longer it's going to take to get to the board, the longer it's going to take for you to get them out, and the more money they're going to owe by the time you even get to the board. So sometimes it's better to nip it at the bud early on, even if you have to throw the tenant a bone and get them out in a month or so. You're you're going to be much, much... Farther ahead, even if you have to pay $5,000 to get them out, then you would be taking a position of, you know, I'm not, it's the principal. I don't want to give the tenant any money. I'd rather wait it out. Well, wait it out is going to cost you whatever you're owed times seven to eight months.
1: In this particular situation, when we spoke to the landlord a few minutes ago, he called this person, his tenant, a professional tenant. And that this person it seems like knows how to work the system what then does a landlord do is this just a chance you're taking as a landlord entering into any agreement
4: that's a great question here's the thing is that landlords especially small landlords because if you have a if you have a larger landlord and they own i'm talking about 30 units or more. If one tenant stops paying, the other units will carry forward, uh, will carry the expenses. The landlord won't feel it. But the small landlord who owns one property, if the tenant stops paying, they're going to have to dip into their pocket. And the expenses don't stop, even if the rent stops. So small landlords should know that anytime they purchase real estate for the purpose of rental income, that they're taking on a risk. And it's not just non-payment of rent. The risk can be, you know, late payment of rent. It could be damages. It could be unauthorized occupant moving into the property. Whatever. It could be anything. But they are taking on a risk. That just goes with the business.
2: Now, we heard from this landlord that they had no say in the selection of the tenant and the management company actually brought in the tenant and is responsible to collect rent and, and manage the property for a 6 to 8% charge uh, of monthly rent. So how much liability would that management company have right now in terms of non-payment of rent and, and even the escalating uh, arrears?
4: Well, I know what what, what a lot of property managers include in their management agreements with landlords that they don't assume any liability. I mean, nobody's going to take that on, that I'll find you the tenant, I'll manage you the property, but if something happens, I'll dig into my pocket and pay the rent, right? Nobody's going to take on that uh, liability. And that's why I always urge landlords, especially the small ones, to get involved, Even when they're hiring a realtor, get involved. Don't depend on a property manager uh, to find you the ideal tenant. Firstly, the ideal tenant doesn't exist. Uh, If they, you know, and the reason why is because anything can happen to change their circumstance, even if they were the ideal tenant. If they paid on time for the last 20 years, all it takes for them is to get sick or lose their job or have their income uh, uh, impacted negatively, and guess who bears the brunt of it? The landlord. So definitely you want the landlord to get involved with the vetting process because you can eliminate 95% of headaches if you vet them properly. At the end of the day, it's your property as a landlord. You want to make sure that you've done your due diligence and you haven't put that responsibility onto anybody else.
1: And Bida, you know, you mentioned it, the landlord mentioned it, there's a seven or eight month delay or wait going through the board. Is there any sort of plan in place to alleviate this backlog?
4: Well, the plan was to to go online. Uh, When the landlord is, tenant board went online, the plan was to eliminate the backlog. Uh, it was more efficient. We're finding that the online system still needs a little bit of improvement. Here we are three, three years uh, post-COVID, and it seems like things are getting prolonged even longer. Uh, I, re- I remember back in 2020, the, the delays were about four to six months. Well, here we are, three three years later, and it's seven to eight months. Things that, that were supposed to work more efficiently, the process was supposed to be more, working more efficiently, doesn't seem like uh, the bugs are, are fixed in it yet.
2: And, and Bita, how do we bring in more protection for landlords? There's a lot that's being worked on, and you know everything that's happened over the last few years has been to protect the tenant, the residential. Tenancy agreement that just came out. It's all to protect the tenant. But at what time will the board realize that landlords need protection as well?
4: Well, let me add to that because you know you're right. There's a lot of landlords out there that think you know the the law protects just the tenant. And I I want to add a thief is that the law protects both parties. The law protects the landlord and the law protects the tenant. Here is the issue. The issue is that the system is broken. So, pre COVID, so before COVID, if a tenant stopped paying, we would serve them. In, in about 30 days, we would be in front of the board. In 60 days, the tenant would be evicted. This is pre COVID. We're finding that due to the backlog of the, the six or seven months that the board shut down, This added to the backlog, which broke the system. And when I say broke the system, I mean the delays are what is hurting the landlords. It should not take this long to get to the landlord and tenant board. That's what I mean by the the broken system. So the law is there to protect the parties. The issue is that not to get to the, the board to have the matter heard to move things along. This basically digs deep into the, the, deeper into the pockets of the landlord. Hurts them more.
2: It sure does, and, and especially for the smaller landlords, like you said, Bita, we're going to be following this story with the landlord, and hopefully we'll uh, have you back on the show soon to discuss possible solutions to this matter. Thank you so much for joining On The Market.
4: Thank you for having me.
2: And, Bita, before we let you go, if our... Listeners want to connect with you, whether they're landlords or tenants and they need information or need some help with the LTB, how can they reach you?
4: The best way to get a hold of me is uh, obviously email. It's info at StoneGateLegalServices.ca or by phone at 416-937-2766. You can definitely visit our website StoneGateLegalServices.ca You can book uh, a free discovery call online as well, Uh, and one of my team members will definitely reach out to you to assess your matter, and we can go from there.
2: Peter, thank you again, and we look forward to talking to you soon.
1: Thank you for having me. When we come back, we wrap up the conversation surrounding the landlord and tenant disputes. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 1059 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market. Asif, let's recap our conversations today about the issues surrounding landlords and tenants. There really isn't an an easy fix to any of this.
2: There really isn't. I think Bita's right when she says the system is broken and and we need someone to step in. Either the government or the Ontario Real Estate Association or, or someone to step in and be able to guide
1: the LTB to make things right. Is this a new issue or is this something that you've heard over the years? You've been in this business a long time. What do you think? It's been around for
2: years, but I think it's an exp- it's uh, really come to the forefront with all of the delays that have happened through COVID and everything. And that's why we're hearing more and more about it. It's people know how to work the system. And right. And- you know, you also have to feel bad for some of these tenants who are facing rent increases of seven, $800 all of a sudden per month. So they're stuck, and we're seeing a lot more issues than what was presented today.
1: That's such a good point. We have not heard from the tenant in this case, and and you can, you can provide that perspective as well.
2: Exactly. We have a lot of tenants as well. I mean, in this case, this tenant just refusing to pay. It wasn't that his rent increased or anything like that, but uh, there are tenants who are forced to move and can't find a place and are stuck where they are.
1: It certainly sounds like the landlord in this particular story is, bear- is being very accommodating and understanding. Not always the case, but certainly sounds that way from this point. It really does. And, you know,
2: you have to feel bad for these smaller landlords that, like you said, only have one property and are, you know, basically now they have to pay their own mortgage plus the rent on their property in order to cover it.
1: And so where do you think the landlord goes from here? What's your perspective on this?
2: You know, we're, the landlords are stuck uh, behind the LTB delays. And until there is a solution, uh, this poor landlord's going to have to shell out money from their pocket. And who knows how many landlords can afford that. This could be detrimental to their own financial well-being.
1: And we spoke to Bita from Stonegate Legal Services. You said you want to follow up with her again because her office has been pretty busy these days, as has yours. What issue did you want to talk about in the weeks to come? Well, the main issue
2: is tenants not leaving when a property is sold. And, uh, you know, the the clause in the agreement says that they ha- the seller has to provide vacant possession. But what we're seeing right now is... With the shortage of inventory in rental properties and also the increased cost, there are some tenants that are stuck uh, without a home, and they're refusing to leave, which is causing a lot of harm on sales, you know, even buyers that have to move into this property. Now the tenant refuses to leave. What happens there? So there's a, a lot more going on behind the scenes, which uh, the LTB really has to get on top of.
1: Looking forward to that conversation in the weeks to come. As a reminder, if you have questions for On the Market, hit send anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But also, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that?
2: Do you know They can reach me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426.
1: If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favourite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.